operators. Parked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. All right, welcome back to the Parked Up podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley, and today I am joined by a very, very special guest. His name is Tim Blanchard. Returning to the racetrack this weekend at Winton Motor Raceway, uh, for the latest round of the Supercars Championship, but not driving in the Supercars, Tim Blanchard. Uh, before we get into all your racing stuff, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for, for having me on. No worries at all. Mate, we've known each other for uh, for quite some time, and I guess uh, probably one of the first times we met was when you were coming up through Formula Ford, and then you've yep. gone on to do a whole bunch of other things. And this weekend at Winton, you're going back to Formula Ford to race... Uh, in the latest round of the Australian Formula Ford series. Mm. Uh, that was 15, 15 years ago. You won that title, 2007, and you're coming back. What's uh, what's the thoughts behind all this? Yeah, it's definitely a fair while ago now, wasn't it? Um, you know, past life. Uh, but, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, looking forward to having, having a crack in Formula Ford again this weekend. So, um my brother's been doing Formula Ford with Sonic in the state level um, and was supposed to be racing in the National Series around the supercar event this weekend. Um, but he's un- unable to race now and he's heading overseas for a bit of a holiday. So I thought the car's there, uh, opportunity to drive with Sonic. Um, already, I'm already going to be there, obviously, with BRT. I thought this is a fantastic opportunity to jump back in a Formula Ford. Um, I love driving Formula Ford, still do the historic Formula Ford quite a bit. Um, and I think it's a great category and... Uh, just all the stars aligned, and I thought I'll, I'll give, give it a bit of a go. Yeah, why not? Awesome. Uh, and not only, and you're doing it absolutely properly as well. So, look, you won the title in in 07, and for this event, you've you've you're going to be racing in a Miguel chassis. You're going, you've got the old livery on there, and of course, you're doing it with Sonic as well. Uh, and I think Tim Slade was your uh, sort of like mechanic or engineer i guess you might have called him uh i think he finished second in the title the year before but still stayed with sonic and it was doing stuff you've dragged all the old elements together to do it again yeah absolutely so uh yeah um obviously driving mickey marie at sonic that's uh that's really really exciting um yeah obviously won the championship with him and had a long history with him and not just even my own racing you know mick was involved in Running my dad in Formula Ford in the early 90s. So it's a very long history relationship with Sonic. Um, but like you mentioned, Tim Slade was working at Sonic at that stage. He was probably about 20 years old and he was working at Sonic during the week. He um, he was trying to, that's when he first started his Super 2 career, um, the year after we were teammates at Formula Ford in 2007. And um, so his, his job was there, was to prep my car in the workshop. So obviously with his Super 2 commitments, he wasn't able to help on race days. Uh, but he was prepping the car in the workshop for us and um, and test days and all those things. And with supercars not being on track this Friday, and we've got four sessions in the Formula Ford, um, I think Slady's plan on coming, coming down to the Sonic garage and getting his hands dirty and helping helping Mick run the car for the day, which should be a, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, yeah, found my old race suit the other day um, from 2007. It still fits. So <laughs> I've come to the conclusion I must have been a really fat 19-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that's uh, that's awesome. That is uh, that is, that is really cool. And I guess uh, to make things really simple, it's at Winton as well. So it's just a bit of a burn up the Hume Highway. That we all love driving up that Hume Highway, don't we? 
Um, but <laughs> the, uh, you know, you've done, you would have done a million laps around that joint in, in all classes, but in particular Formula Ford uh, in your junior days. Yeah, absolutely. That was the, the test track we all went to in our, our junior days. So done a million laps around there in a Formula Ford. Uh, it's probably been about 15 years since I've done laps around there in a Formula Ford, but uh, uh, it's like riding a bike. You do that many miles in your junior days around there. You kind of, you get get the basics back pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, there's still some pretty fast young kids in it these days, as there always are in Formula Ford. So um, it's going to be quite a challenge. Uh, cool. All right. Well then, so uh, four sessions on Friday as well, man, you're going to be knackered. <laughs> well, I did a, a bit of a test day the other day and um, yeah, it was a, a lot of laps and uh, you know, just, I don't know, I thought I'd get smarter as I get older or something like that, but <laughs> that I thought I'll, just, I'll jump in and have a, have a crack. And by lunchtime, yeah, I had no padding. I just jumped in my brother's seat and I got to, lunch and I was just in agony in the amount of pain. In fact, I went out for the last session and I did about two laps, ran off the track and I just came in and said to me, I think I'm cooked for the day. <laughs> so <laughs> we didn't, well, I didn't see the end of the test day, but luckily we won't be doing as many uh, many laps uh, on Friday um, and I'll, I'll prepare uh, myself and the car a little bit better to to get through the day physically. Um, but yeah, they're quite physical little cars and um yeah, it should be should be good fun, but yeah, plenty of laps on Friday. Perfect. Now, if anyone can do it, it's definitely going to be uh, be yourself because, um, yeah, geez, you're up against uh, 17, 18, 19 year olds. You're up against the Tim Blanchards of of fifteen years ago. So um, yeah, I had a bit of a, a learning experience the other day. Um, you know, in the I've yeah, thirty four years old. I still think I'm reasonably young, um, and then. And when we did the test, there was like a 17-year-old in the garage next to me in a Formal Ford. And I was thinking, he was two years old when I won the Formal Ford Championship, but I'd done state and national the year before that. So when I had my first test in a Formal Ford, he wasn't even born. And it was kind of, it dawned on me, I'm no longer that young anymore. Um, yeah, well, no, nah, you're still young. You're right. 34, <laughs> 34 is young, and I'm I'm got a couple of extra little digits on uh, on yourself. But um, uh, act young, play young, and just get on with it. Uh, yeah. So, as my, I'm sure you'd like to do uh, really well in 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 Formula Ford this mm-hmm. weekend at Winton, but you'd probably give up all those wins to get a uh, or any win in Formula Ford to um, to see your your BRT cool drive. Ford Mustang, driven by Tim Slade, uh, take uh, take the top step of the podium there uh, in the Supercars Championship. So, of course, you and Tim have a uh, a long history. You've you've had your own piece of the Supercars pie with what was formerly known as a, a wreck or a racing entitlements contract. What do they call it now? What did, what did uh, TR. I think it's TRC Teams Racing Charter. There we go. Perfect. So yeah. you've got you've got one of those. But not only do you have one of those, the last couple of years you've been running your own squad, your own <laughs> single car squad. Hey, uh, Tim, he knows how to win around Winton. Uh, he did that with BJR a, a few years back. What uh, yeah? What would it mean? Or how close do you think the team is to uh, to being a, a a true contender? Yeah. Well, I guess uh, as as you mentioned the. the- Priority for the weekend is BRT and getting a good result. So the Formal Ford's a little bit of fun, but, you know, we'll be taking it seriously. As anyone knows, Mickey Maria at Sonic, they, 
they don't go racing for fun. So there's a certain level of expectation in terms of getting results. Um, so that, that will be there. But, yes, you're, you're quite right. Um, BRT is the main main focus for me this weekend in making sure Slady's got the resources and um, to try, try and win some races again at, at Winton, which he's done in the past. So um, it's, you know, still our second year. We're still developing. But, um, you know, we've had a reasonable start to the year, I think, uh, quite strong on the Grand Prix. We struggled with quite a bit at Perth, but um, Winton's probably always a little bit of an unknown in my mind because everyone tests there and you know, even Triple Eight were testing there recently. So, mm. you know, you, you never know what's going to happen when, when you go to that event. Weather's always can be quite mixed. Um, so it can be a bit of a bit of a, I don't want to say, but yeah, I guess it is a lottery in some some degrees. Um, so just looking for a good solid weekend this this weekend because then we go on to a couple of rounds, Darwin, Townsville, Tail and Bend that we were very strong at last year. So hopefully we can have a have a good weekend this this weekend and we're we're pushing hard trying to get our first podium still. Oh man, it can't be too far away. So Tim sits inside the top ten in the championship. Nine. Yeah, so uh, so punching really well. The only single car team in in the series, uh, which is, uh, and I've spoken to you guys uh, separately about this before. It's just not as much of a disadvantage, or you guys don't feel like it's a uh, a disadvantage enough that will preclude you from trying to get podiums or running inside the top ten in this series. No, not at all. I think there's. You know, I, I think still think the two car model is probably the, the best model, but there's there's significant advantages to being a one car model. I don't think it's the disadvantage people think it is. So, you know, probably means we haven't got a full crew for pit stops, so we have to bring in people like Taz Douglas for uh, to help on race weekends. Um, he can do anything though. Come on. Yeah, he can do anything. But uh, so we have to bring in a flying crew for pit stops, so we can't do enough training pit stops. That's that's probably the one major downside. And and when we go to tracks like, well, we have rounds like we did in Perth where we struggle for pace, you know, we're kind of a bit unsure as to where, where the issue was and it makes turn the car around a little bit harder. But there's plenty of advantages. You know, you don't have the the two car, uh, the politics you do in a two-car team where you've got two drivers trying to beat each other. Just all the efforts and focus of every single person in the team, doesn't matter what their role is, their focus is on making Tim Slade as fast as possible. There's no no hidden agendas you need to worry about. Um, and you can just micromanage the car at, at a much higher level, I think, in terms of preparation than, than you can in a two-car model. So, yeah, I, there's a lot of advantages from being a one-car team. So we... we want to move to a two-car team uh that's definitely in the in the pipeline but but we're not in a great rush to do it because we we don't want to take away from what we're doing with Slady at the moment yeah cool so the uh, the pit stop thing i find uh interesting with you know having uh renter guys come through and and try and help and get you in and out of that pit lane as fast as possible what uh what time deficiencies do you have you know when you compare yourself to i think it's Shell V Power are currently leading the pit stop challenge, the uh, leaderboard thing. But do, do you, is it a is it half a second that you miss? Is it is it more than that? Uh, it's more than that. Yeah, at the moment it's you know one, one to two seconds a stop, and you know depending on the race and how the race is going, it can be quite a few positions. So you know, like in I think the first two two three rounds we we struggled with getting the equipment up to speed because last year we used all Tickford's equipment. So we just supplied two guys using and filled it up with Tickford's guys and Tickford's equipment. So, you know, we had to build our own boom, get it 
our own guns and the airlines and all that sort of stuff. And we had a bit of a, you know, Slady should have been in the top five at both races in Sydney at the beginning of the year, which would have really got his season off to a great start. But we had um, issues with the equipment that meant he finished kind of eighth and eighth and six or something like that the first round, um, which really hampered him. Um, and then now we're kind of starting to get on top of that, but we're still struggling. You know, the guys are trying hard, but we haven't don't have the resources here to train regularly in the workshops. We're building a pit stop rig at the moment and all those sort of things, but they take take time to build and prepare. Um, so you're not able to get the training into the guys and obviously not all the guys work here full time. So even once we do, we have a few issues getting getting the necessary training into them. So that, that's the downside of being a one-car team and, and the way supercars are structured with an odd number of licences at the moment. But, um, yeah, we're working hard on it. It's a key focus for the team to get on board. But as you know, we've got some some good people in, in the team that, that are pushing hard to improve. Mm. Hey, you've definitely got good people all the way from uh, from management all the way down to uh, to some of the mechanics you've got. You know, you don't have any uh, rookies in your squad. Some uh, very talented uh, yeah, engineers well, and drivers and all the peoples. Yeah, it's good. Like, um, you know, Brendan's obviously our team manager, and I've worked went to uni, university with him, so know him quite well, and. Uh, being good mates with him for a long time. So we're kind of on a similar wavelength as to how we see the team being run. Um, obviously, Mirko um, is a brilliant engineer and he's working really well with Slady. Um, and he was actually a mechanic of my car at LDM when he first moved out from Italy. So I kind of know him reasonably well as well before we signed him up. Um, but yeah, everyone, we have a very clear set of expectations in the team and how everyone goes about their racing. And um, and anyone that joins the team needs to fit that mould in terms of being a, you know, what we call a hardcore racing. And, and we have the, the set of standards and everyone needs to live up to those to, to be part of BRT. And, um, but yeah, even it's still, still a bit of a family culture. I've got my, uh, obviously my dad's heavily involved in it. So there's a co-team principal with me. So he's heavily involved in it, but I've also got my mum and my stepdad come to all the events, do the catering. So the boys love Love the catering, nice home cooked meals every night and breakfast. And, uh, the catering department's very, very popular within the race team as well. Well, it might be popular in uh, the uh, in Grant Rowley's world as well. I might need to uh, duck down and I like <laughs> You're to always do welcome. Some, always I'd welcome. Like to, thanks, mate. Thank you. I like <laughs> to do some sampling of different people's uh, uh, food because I'm a big fat bastard. So, uh, <laughs> um, cool. So, I guess, uh, look. It's, it's been asked many times before just about the, the potential or the desire to expand the team to two cars. How, how quickly or what's the time frame realistically on, on when you would like to do that or when you uh, when you want to see that implemented? Um, yeah, we'd like to do it sooner rather than later, but there's some, some key boxes we need to tick. So there's the, the obvious ones, we need access to a license and we, we need the funding to run a second car. But yeah, probably the more more pressing ones is we need to make sure we're getting on top of Slade's car, which I think we're doing and have a good good procedures and structure in, in the team. Um, but then we also need to make sure we have the right staffing, you know, like I touched on before. Having the, the people that meet the standards of our, our race team is, is critical and, and finding enough people that fit into that mould is, is the challenging side of it. Because the, the one thing we don't want to do at the moment, I think we're doing a pretty good job with, with Slady's car, is I don't want to detract from that. Like it needs to be uh, 
moving to a second car needs to be part of moving BRT forward, not diluting our current resources. So that's yep. that's the the main main issue that's going to stop us from moving to two cars until we get that in a position where we can move to two cars without diluting Slade's car. Then then uh, we'll stay stay as one. Yeah, cool. And uh, and you talk about Tim as a long term part of the uh, equation as well. He was with you effectively from the start of the of, of yourself going out on your own. Uh, do you see him being a, um, a you know a long term person in that group? Yeah, well, he's uh, you know we still need to sort out his uh, contract moving forward, but he's. He's um, been an integral part of putting BRT together right from from the start. As him and Brendan were the two first two people we signed, and um, Slady was an integral part of putting the team together, getting the staff together, getting the resources together to to get BR, bring BRT to life in its, its early months, end of 2020, early 21. So it's an integral part of it, and um, you know I'd like Slady to be part of Cool Drive for for a long period of time and. In uh, some way, shape, or form, um, but yeah, I think he's driving exceptionally well at the moment. He's still passionate, still driven. Um, so yeah, haven't got anything in, in place, but um, you know, I think he's an important part of Cool Drive, even even beyond his driving career. Yeah, he could do the deliveries, or stack shelves, and stuff. Well, he's done all that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Tim, he actually worked for us during COVID lockdown. So. He obviously didn't have a full-time drive in 2020 when COVID first first hit and he was planning doing a lot of overseas racing and that obviously came to a halt and he rang me in July, I think it was that year. So I've been sitting on the couch for two, three months. Um, I haven't got any work at the moment. It's driving me nuts. Can I, is there any jobs around cool drive I can do for you? I said, well, I haven't really got anything. The only, only job I've got, I'm actually short of a, um short of delivery driver in our Acacia Ridge branch was about 45 minutes or so now from where he lives on the Gold Coast and said yeah I'll do that and I kind of laughed laughed it off and then two days later he rang me back goes so when, when can I start like I can be there tomorrow if you want like are you actually serious like yeah I'll do it so um we had quite he did the Ipswich run out near Queensland Raceway obviously um so we had some quite shock cool drive customers you know mechanics you know they're ordering their parts from cool driver Tim Slade walked in with their their parts delivering them so it took them a few days to kind of put two and two together because they didn't expect him slade to be doing their deliveries that's cool yeah. that's cool and that was before that was before he started driving with you that's right yeah yeah so it wasn't they were def they weren't linked at all um yeah we we definitely went to went to market at the end of 2020 looking for a driver but you know i think tim i was his teammate at brad jones racing so i knew what he was capable of um, you know, I think he did a reasonable, uh, quite a good job with McLaughlin in, in the one enduro he ended up getting to do. Um, but obviously, we were starting a new team from scratch, so we needed someone. You know, it was important for me to have someone that was experienced and someone with the the maturity and the able to think big picture and build the team together. We didn't need someone that was erratic or um, unknown. We needed needed some. I guess stability and um, someone that was able to um, understand the big picture when things got wrong, went wrong in our first year or two, which he's been a fantastic fit for that. Oh, very good. Very good. And, uh, and if it all fails, then you can just re-employ him as a uh, delivery driver and you can get some nice sharp responses uh, in and around the uh, Ipswich Gold Coast area or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's um, yeah, we've, uh, 
had quite a few applicants, I guess, from young aspiring race car drivers to be a delivery driver, a cool drive since thinking it might be a career path. So <laughs> it's worked well for our recruitment scheme. <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, let's, uh, let's just briefly talk about the, uh, the start of, uh, of forming the team and it all came together reasonably late and started so very well at Mount Panorama in that, um, in the Repco 500, which launched the, launched the season. It, it didn't end well. No. The car only competed in one, one race and crashed out and you missed the Sunday race, but everything that had happened up to that, uh, point was nothing short of amazing qualifying on the front row, uh, basically going to take a podium and, um, and unfortunately had that, that giant shunt, uh, you know, all of it has been a storied and we've heard, we heard lots about it at the time. And it was certainly a, a feature of the start of last year's supercars championship. Now that you look back on it, do you think that, geez, uh, that was actually pretty amazing to have a car that rapid, so early in what we were doing yeah it was, it was kind of a bit surreal at the time to be honest um you know we kind of made the decision around uh just before bathurst in in 2020 which i think was yeah late october early november around there so um we started brendan started with us kind of mid-november i think it was we didn't have a workshop didn't have a truck didn't have a toolbox we had no equipment whatsoever um all we had was a bit of hopes and dreams, I guess, at that point. So we had to build a build a workshop, build a race team. We had, you know, Mirko and Jaden join the team over Christmas, New Year, I think it was. And, um, and you know, we got a car delivered from Tickford. So we had to strip that and rebuild that, basically using a few tools that the guys brought in from home while we waited for some tool deliveries, uh, some stock to arrive, and then... You know, but they were building it in the middle of a construction site. We cleared a bit of space in our warehouse and built built a workshop. So they were building, having to blow off all the sawdust off the car regularly to, as the builders were building the workshop around them as they're trying to build the car. So uh, going to, we put a lot of effort into building the car to a high standard. Um, obviously, we were able to get some quality people into the team. And obviously, Slady, Brendan, Mirko, even, uh, even Jaden, who was probably a bit young and inexperienced, but he's... he's you know, very passionate, works extremely hard and knows the standard that needs to be at in this level. Um, and we're, we're quite lucky that we had the right people. Um, so, um, and we, we worked incredibly hard in preparing the car to a very high standard. So it wasn't want to, wasn't a shock, the results of Bathurst. It was probably a little bit better than we um, expected, but it wasn't a complete shock. Um, and obviously what, what happened was well, well documented, um, but... Uh, and if we, now we look that cool drive car hit the wall once we yeah. saw it a million times we still yeah. see it today well it's just yeah you know we worked so hard and we worked basically i think we had christmas day off from november through to the season starting in end of february or whatever it was i think we only had christmas day off through that whole period we just worked incredibly hard putting this whole project together and then we all had this same goal of once we get to bathurst then we can have a day off and relax and then we broke the car off and got to the point where the boys are bringing in sleeping bags to sleep in the workshop to get the spare car ready for, for sand down. So, but it's, um, yeah, now we're a year down the track. Um, I would never like to go through that again, but uh, it was, it's something's happened for a reason. I think that having that happen so early in BRT really set the standard and galvanized the team and, 
And um, I think BRT a year on is much stronger from having having such a such a high and such a low in its formative uh, weeks, I guess you could say. So I think it's definitely something that's shaped the team and we're part of the team's history for a very long time. Oh, very good, very good, mate. It was a uh, an, an incredible start, and uh, and not at taking anything away from what you've done uh, since then. There's been some there's been some highs and lows, but yeah, just you know, as we spoke about at the at the top of the show, you're you're ninth in the championship. You're the only single car team. You do have a few challenges that uh that being a single car team bring but you you guys are have got the right people in place and it it must be a a reasonably exciting feeling within uh within the group so look we've um we could keep talking about uh supercar actually i've got one more question about supercars uh gen gen 3 how does it happen (laughs) how does it look like uh for brt um it's quite a dangerous question at the moment isn't it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I you know the I think I think everyone will agree that there's probably elements of the program that people aren't happy with. But it's I think it's a great opportunity for for supercars to reinvent itself and and move forward. So it's a it's a necessary um, part of the sport. We need to develop the cars and go to the next step, which Gen Three is a great platform for. So. I think it's clearly documented. There's a lot of challenges to it, and there's a, a lot of things that people like to be done differently or better, which is all, all great. But the reality is, there's a lot of people working exceptionally hard on the program at the moment. Um, there's a lot of very intelligent people in in the supercars world, up and down pit lane, um, and there's a lot of people that work extremely hard in this sport as well. So it might not be going to plan, but I'm confident that we'll find a way to deliver as, as supercars always does. And what does what does your program look like? Does anything significantly change uh you've got your you've got an engine supplier at the very least and do you you just get the you'll get the kit strap it together and, and away you go yeah so we i guess not not a, not a huge amount we've obviously got to build a car during during the end of this season and hopefully not too much into the off season so we can uh, at least have a little bit of a break in the off season that's the perfect world but um realistically we've got a lot of work to do so we've I think that's probably one of the hidden advantages of being a one-car team at the moment is we've only got one to build, whereas other teams have two, three or four cars to build. So there's a huge amount of work, um, but we're trying to get ahead of the, the ball as much a, as possible. Um, what can yeah, you do no to get ahead of the game right now? Like, yeah, yeah, right now, as we talk, it is, it's difficult to get ahead of the game. But when, when you know, documents come out and you've got, you know all of the stuff what's the first sort of things you will do to try and get ahead of it well we just we don't do a lot of um we don't do any manufacturing in the team it's all done by some we've got some good business partners we work with so it's a matter of just preparing them of what what expectation requirements will be as much as possible um and just getting the resources internally and and everything else ready for next year that isn't involved in building the car so all the commercial side of it um, you know, just things like the truck that aren't going to change, make sure they're prepped and ready for the new season and try and get all the other things that take up your time in a normal off-season prepared as much as possible so we can just focus on building a new car and nothing else. And, but, you know, cool drive, the cool drive side of the business is heavily involved in 
working with supercars on the supply side of, of um, Gen 3. So there's a huge amount of work we're, we're doing that in terms of well, through cool drive and racer industries uh, to business arms as well, which um, owned by the same, same company as, as BRT, um, helping the Gen 3 program. So there's a lot going on with, with that as well. Cool. Keep them busy. Keep them busy, mate. Uh, really, really appreciate your time. Uh, I know you're uh, you're about to duck into uh, board meetings to uh, really keep the country going and not talk about uh, race cars, which just cost all this money. Um, trying to, trying to uh, get that racing budget up. <laughs> very good. That's very important. That is very important. Um, let's uh, let me just wind the clock back again. Fifteen years. Of course, you're going to race Formula Ford this weekend at Winton. Um, it's uh, it's it's really cool i guess uh, just personally uh not that many people will care about this but uh, that uh, 2007 period was um when i was kind of a junior junior journo and i was still at motorsport news and formula ford was one of my um one of my real beats um and it was my beat from the very first day that i was there and you know i've met a lot of uh, great people most of which in that era have all gone on to be in the sport and play a role in the sport. Uh, and I only just got to look at the top. Uh, I just pulled up the f- championship results for uh, Formula Ford in 2007, the year one. And there's only a couple of guys who have really dropped off the radar. Um, you won the championship. Ash Walsh was was second and we still see a lot of him uh, come enduro times and, uh, and and in other forms of racing when he's not busy being an accountant. Yeah. Um, James Moffat, uh, Christian Lindbaum. Have you seen how strong Christian Lindbaum is? I see yeah, all his yeah. Instagram yeah, stuff. And, I guess, and every now and then he's a seriously a strong, fit guy now. <laughs> big, big muscles. Uh, Glenn Wood, he raced in the Bathurst 12-hour just last week. Uh, Joshua Scott. Um, uh, I don't know what happened to Josh Scott. Anyway, yeah, Nick the, Burkett was in there as well. Tad Douglas is now part time for BRT, the poor bloke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a, a, a legend to to uh, to have around! But uh, yeah, just of those uh, of those top eight that I just mentioned there, there's only a couple that are really not not sure what they're doing in in racing world. But um, you know, they're all still in the game, and and they were all super competitive. It's uh, and you can do that. The the great thing about Formula Ford, and I'm sure you'll champion this as well you can go back through the the year before you won the year after you won and the top six ten the Mm -hmm. guys are are still still racing these days and and usually racing at a top level yeah absolutely i I still it's a shameful falls not as strong around the world as it used to be but in australia it's um still still quite a strong series and i'm a firm believer that formal ford is the best breeding ground for, for young guys coming out of go-karts wanting to make a career in motorsport teaches you so much with um you know car control setting up a car mechanically um just all the all the critical basics of being a professional race car driver and close racing um there's not many categories that, that teach you um the, the necessary skills as well as formal forward um and you know you deal with a team like Sonic and and you look at their roll call of drivers and where they've gone on to, that's just as impressive as the former Ford categories um, roll call as well. And I think the way Mick and Maria run Sonic, uh, you, you learn a lot about what's required to be a professional race car driver and how you need to go about your business. And 
I, I think it's still a fantastic um, stepping stone in a young person's career. And as you said, every year you look at the former Ford uh, championship, there's always at least four or five guys or girls in, in that series that are, are seriously good drivers and going to go somewhere in the sport. And um, there's a lot of people still watching and a lot of people within the industry like yourself that are still very passionate about Formula Ford. I, I can't tell you when they announced that I was driving this weekend at Winton, I can't tell you the amount of messages I've had and phone calls from uh, supercar drivers up and down pit lane, um, you know, saying they're, they're going to watch this weekend and how excited they are and how, how jealous they were that I'm getting to race a Formula Ford and they're, they're stuck racing a supercar. So there's, <laughs> I think I'm going to be one of the most uh, imp- people going to be uh, pretty envious of me this weekend. Awesome. Uh, that's, uh, that, is, that is really cool. And the other part of, uh, of the story is that there is a slight hidden agenda in an international Formula Ford race, very famous, the Walter Haynes, which, uh, which happens over in Silverstone. It's an event that typically runs at the end of the year, and it's something that you'd like to potentially have a crack at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still quite passionate about Formula Ford as a, as a category, as you can probably tell. So there's a lot of family history there. You know, my dad had a long history in Formula Ford, and um, you know, my brother's racing now, and I've been doing a lot of historic racing myself. And, yeah, I guess the Walter Hayes Trophy is has quite a big field, 100, 120 cars. Um, so the guy came out two years ago, I think it was, to race historic Formula Ford and made a really good race. Ollie White ended up winning it that year. And my teammate who beat me to the championship in the UK, Wayne Boyd, he's won it twice. And the guy was my mechanic that year, Scott Walvin, who ended up racing and winning the championship himself. He's won the Walter Hayes about four or five years ago. So I keep getting all these people saying, you've got to come over and have a crack at it. So... It's a lot of effort and a big commitment going over to the UK to do a Formula Ford race. But when there's a hundred and something cars in it, it sounds like a lot of fun. And oh, yeah. I guess there's, you know, I don't want to kind of waste my time in there going all the way over there and, and get hosed. So I thought the best way to see if I'm up to the challenge is to put myself against the best young kids in Australia and see if I don't embarrass myself. And if that's, that goes all right, then uh, I might try and see if I can do something about having a crack at the Walter Hayes trophy. Perfect. And as we discussed before, if you need someone to come over and carry handbags, I am very good handbag yeah. carrier. Like I said, uh, you know, there's a lot of passionate people about Formula Ford within the industry. So there's a, a long list of driver <laughs> coaches and PR people and journalists all. So if you do that, I'm, I'm coming with you. I think <laughs> I'll have about 10 supercar drivers there doing driver coaching and uh, I'll have about 10 PR people, journalists there covering the story. If I say yes to everyone that's offering. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Uh, cool, mate. Hey, Tim Blanchard, thank you so much for uh, joining me on uh, on Parked Up. I've got a couple of other uh, things coming up uh, soon. So all those uh, listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we thank Tim Blanchard so very much for coming on. And, mate, we'll uh, we'll see you up at Winton and you'll see me on the pit fence uh, probably cheering and watching Hopefully. along like uh, half <laughs> the other uh, field. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it goes all right. <laughs> thanks, mate. Thank you. And we thank Tim Blanchard for his time on Parked Up. Now I've got uh, three more little chats to do. A very unique little Parked Up we're putting together this weekend. Uh, ahead of the Winton Repco Supercars Championship, there's so many racing categories going on up there. But I've got a couple of my mates from uh, Carrera Cup. Carrera Cup have not been to Winton in many, many years. It's... Uh, 
yeah, she's been a long, long time. Back in the noughties, I think, was the last time that Carrera Cup went. They're not really typically a place that you would see Porsche race. It's not a uh, one of those big classic Phillip Island, Bathurst, um, Sydney Motorsport Park style tracks. Um, so the, uh, the, the Porsches haven't gone there too often but they're making a uh, making a comeback this weekend which will be which will be good to see so i've grabbed two of uh, my close and personal friends from the carrera cup championship the first i have is ange mazuris okay and it's great to have angelo mazuris on the parked up podcast and how are you mate yeah i'm good thanks for having me no, no worries, mate. Uh, we're racing up to Winton Motor Raceway, everybody's favourite track this weekend, and we're doing something a little bit different. We're racing Porsche Carrera Cup cars there. They haven't been there in a long, long time. Not that you would really even know that. I think the last time they raced there, you would hardly have even been born. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's pretty much a, I guess you could say like an open platter for everyone. No one's sort of been there, and um, everyone's pretty excited. So we'll see how we end up. Uh, it's a, it's not typically a track that Porsche like to go to. It's, it's, it's not a very Porsche track, but, um, the one thing that it's going to do, it's the qualifying is going to be the most interesting session of the weekend. I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah. Or hundred percent. It's such a short track and the braking zones there are really short, so really limited passing there. And that's why qualifying is going to be so important. Cool, mate. It's a bloody busy year for you as well. We've, uh, you not only have you got Carrera Cup, you're also doing Super 2 with um, MW Motorsport um, driving the Nissan Altima. Um, you've done uh, two rounds of Super 2. You've done one round of Carrera Cup at the Grand Prix. Uh, both are going uh, okay. I would, I would say, I'm sure you'd like to say, I'm sure you might say, no, they're not going okay at all. But um, yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're punching there okay. And it's, and it's clear that you have speed to compete right at the front. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, if I look at it as a whole, like Sydney, I made some mistakes and really that, that shouldn't have happened. But if we move forward to, to Western Australia, right? I've never been there before. So we did okay there, right? So coming into Winton, right? I've done a lot of testing there, obviously. It's my home track. I've done heaps of laps there in the Porsche now. So hopefully the tide will turn and like it, it always does. So hopefully uh, this weekend is when it does. Cool, mate. Um, yeah, so you did, uh, you won the Formula Ford title in 2019. You won that with Sonic and we actually, we just, uh, just spoke to Tim Blanchard before who won the Formula Ford title with Sonic back in 2007. So that was a, uh, that was a long time ago, yeah. uh, but um, you're doing Carrera Cup with Sonic. They've won Carrera Cup titles before. Uh, they use Winton as a very regular testing, testing circuit. How much of an advantage do you think it's going to be for those Vic teams or any team that have done, considerable laps at uh winton in in the porsche i wouldn't say it's like a huge advantage because the track's always different when the supercars go there and obviously have a lot of running on there but it is definitely an advantage having done a couple of laps there and knowing what to expect and obviously knowing where the corners are obviously helps so it, it definitely is going to be a help for the victorian team so it'd be interesting to see where we sit 
Cool, mate. Well, we're uh, we're very much looking forward to it. Um, let's talk a little bit about your career. You won the Formula Ford title in 2019 and um, made the uh, you know a big leap into supercars in Super Two, and you and you did it absolutely properly, doing it with Triple Eight Race Engineering. That was a difficult year for you. That uh, that that 2021. Uh, the sorry, the 2020 season, you did it for the, yeah. the first time, but um, yeah, she was a bit hampered by our old friend COVID. Uh, 2021 came around and yeah. you qualified on pole for that very first race at, at Bathurst at, at Mount Panorama. You yeah. were pitted up against Brock Feeney, who already at that point had been earmarked as the potential replacement for Jamie Winkup, and that's kind of where he was where he was groomed so is would you would you agree that it the whole um your whole triple eight experience didn't quite go exactly where you wanted it to go maybe for some other factors that were outside of your control well you know to be honest thing everyone sort of knew what was going on after i think townsville um we sort of i guess everything sort of happened pretty quickly and we were there thinking we were in for a chance but I don't know, it just didn't really work out for us. Everyone saw what they saw. And um, yeah, it is what it is. But um, I learned a lot, which is good. It sort of grew me as a person quite a bit being up there by myself. And I wouldn't really change it for the world. As much as it was sort of shit with all the racing, I learned a lot. And it grew me up in a very short period of time. So it is what it is. But uh, yeah, hopefully this year will go a bit better. Yeah, of course. Well, tell, tell me about some of those uh, learning things. Of course, for, for anyone who didn't know, you left home after you won the Formula Ford title and you moved up to Brisbane to work with the team. Uh, you were uh, doing an apprenticeship within the organisation and you were really heavily involved in the team, not just on race weekends, but also behind the scenes as well. So what what are the couple of things that you took out of that experience working under Roland, working with Jessica, working, you know, with Shane Van Gisbergen and Jamie Winkup as their um, as their top line drivers? Well, uh, I learned, I guess, at a very young age, sort of the art of politics and how that sort of works. So that was definitely a positive learning that, and just hard work and dedication, really, um, and just sort of maintaining things that are in your control, really, was what. Um, what I learned a lot of because there was a lot of things that happened out of my control I sort of had to brush over but it is what it is um but yeah like I was saying I did learn a lot by myself when I was there and had a lot of a lot of fun times and sort of enjoyed myself and um met some great people along the way oh very good very good uh and yeah and new dawn this year with with uh, MW Motorsport uh in Super 2 they certainly know how to win races as well and you've got a couple of pretty competitive uh teammates in there as well the the learning and the drive and the push uh you know just has to continue for um for um, for i'm sure you know what will be the next step in your career after this yeah exactly the the boys definitely at mount white are awesome i'm enjoying myself a lot which is really really good um yeah, the, the boys, especially see T-Max and um, Tyler, they're really fast. So it's good to see where they're at. You obviously learn a lot off them as well. Oh, very good. Okay, cool. So Winton this weekend, you're uh, back in the Sonic uh, the Sonic Porsche. You won the, you won the Formula Ford title with Sonic. This is a bit of a homecoming for you coming back and 
uh, and and driving for these guys in in uh, very different cars, of course. Uh, what's uh, what's your take on on Carrera Cup, and how do you think you're going to go this weekend? Well, I think if we rewind back to say 2019, my title chase only really started at Winton, which was halfway. I was actually the third or fourth round in former Ford. Um, back then, we clean sweeped at Winton. So if we can do that again this weekend, I think. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, we're fast enough to do it. We just got to put it together and make no mistakes. So we'll see what happens. Tell me, what is it like driving one of those brand new Porsches? They look awesome. They sound awesome. If anything, they sound they're too loud because, like, you can't have a conversation anywhere near it. So, uh, for anyone who is going to Winton this weekend and you're looking to have a deeper, meaningful conversation with the person sitting next to you, don't do it when Ange and his Carrera Cup posse all hit the track because. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the the cows around Winton, they're not going to be happy. There's going to be a lot of noise. Yeah, the cars are ridiculously loud. They sound good and they obviously drive amazing. So cannot wait. Cool, mate. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you up there. Thanks for joining us on Parked Up and um, uh, off we go to Winton. Too easy. Thanks for having me. And we thank Ange for his time and wish him all the best for the rest of the Carrera Cup and Super 2 season. Now, I've also got Max Fado on the line. I'm about to uh, throw him on now. Max is leading the Carrera Cup Championship after the first round at the Australian Grand Prix. He's done a couple of years of Carrera Cup in the, in the lead up to this and has always shown that he's uh, one of the uh, leading contenders. Um, he's also one of the tallest human beings that you'll ever try and squeeze into a race car. But we'll get Max on the line from TechWorks now and, uh, and grab him for a chat. And it's great to have Max Fado on the Parked Up podcast. Max races in the Porsche Carrera Cup and currently leads the Porsche Carrera Cup Championship. We're going up to Winton. Max, how are you going? Good, yourself? Great. Awesome. And thanks for coming on. Winton is a track that I'm sure you've done many, many, many laps around, but uh, probably not that many in Carrera Cup. I think you went up there for a test recently. How do you think these brand new Porsches are going to go around one of the tightest racetracks that we have in the country. Um, yeah, it's definitely not not a track built for Porsches, that's for sure. There's not too many tracks like this in, in Europe, but uh, the, the cars handle well. They, they turn well. Um, a little bit more understeer than the old cars, but as always, it's, it's a Porsche, so a lot of weight in the rear, but yeah, good fun to drive. Um, slightly challenging, but yeah. I can only imagine. We, I, uh, just uh, in this episode, we, uh, we spoke to Ange Mazuris before, who uh, who was uh, part of uh, who races for Sonic, part of the, a, a team that you uh, have raced for in the past in both Formula Ford and uh, Carrera Cup. But you've moved on to the TechWorks team based up there in the Gold Coast. You're up on the Gold Coast now as well. Uh, it's a relatively new team, TechWorks. Tell us about their operation and uh, why you chose to go with them. Yeah, so this is only the, the second season TechWorks has been running, so very new team the the whole team is very fresh i guess um but yeah so i basically when when covid struck i i stopped racing cup car and just had a bit of a break and got a phone call from um troy bundy about going for going to drive for rob and yeah the deal kind of fell together and now i'm up here working in the workshop full time and then driving for him 
Very good. And it's all going very well. The uh, Australian Grand Prix event, first round of Carrera Cup, went extremely well for you. You collected more points than anybody else. Um, has it changed your uh, the expectation for the season or was the goal always, I've got to go and win this thing? Um, it, it, yeah, it's definitely changed the, the expectation. I didn't expect to roll out the gate as fast as we did. We've been working super hard in the garage, so it's awesome to... Uh, to get the result that, that the boys deserve. But yeah, definitely didn't expect to roll out faster straight out the gate and, and win the round. So um, probably got a little bit lucky with that last race, but at the end of the day, you, you take them as they come. So yeah, just just try finish every race in the top five and just keep going. Now, of course, you've got uh, Luke Yulden as your teammate at TechWorks. He's a former Bathurst 1000 winner, done plenty of Carrera Cup racing, and racing of all different types of cars um, in Australia at the top level. This, uh, how much is it? A, is is it a um, a helping hand to have someone so experienced like Luke in the in the garage next to you? Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome to have have a guy like Luke. Um, he's got a whole lot of knowledge and, and knows a lot about racing and. He's just a guy you, you can kind of bounce your ideas off, and we can tune the car together. So it's a it's been a good start of the year. We're we're learning with each other, learning a bit off of him. I hope he's learning a little bit off of me, maybe. Yeah. Great. Okay. And one 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 thing that I spoke to Ange about uh, was Winton and the fact that qualifying will probably be the most intense qualifying session of the season, just due to the track's tight nature. Um, it's uh, she's going to be pretty, uh, pretty on there because it's going to play a big role in where you might end up finishing later in the weekend. Yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, Winton's at an extremely tight track, and it's going to be hard to pass. The, the Cup cars are always hard to pass anyway because they're so similar. But um, yeah, only a, a ten-minute session for us, so they're splitting the pros and the pro ams. So it's a good thing for for traffic, but it's really hard to get front tire temp up in these cars. So a little bit harder than the old one. So. Um, I'll be surprised if the tyres are all the way up by the, by the sixth lap. So, but I guess we'll just roll out the gate and, and go hard early and see where we end up. So is that the pl- So the plan will be to just go as hard as you can, as quickly as you can. I guess in supercars, you, you, you know, you might tend to see someone qualify, you know, use the green tyre to its absolute maximum on its very first um, fast lap and you know maybe sometimes you might be able to jag a fast lap out of the second run typically it happens out of the first but for you guys that session is going to be on all the way to the very end yeah um our michelin tires take a bit longer than the the dunlop tires supercar guys used to to come up to temp but once they're up they they don't drop off like the dunlop tires do either so ours normally take about three three and a half laps to come up to temp and actually start to work so that, that's the only issue with the michelin but once they're up they can go for as much as five laps so we're probably going to get going to get one to two proper laps with a with proper tire temp and all that very good okay well look it's been an excellent start to the year and everyone will be looking on very interested with what's going to happen at winton but what's your plans for the future where do you see max Vidal competing and and being in uh, you know, two, three, four years down the track. Um, the the dream is to just make a make a career out of motorsport. Whether that is, I'm not not one thousand percent sure yet. I'm really intrigued about maybe heading over to America in the next few years. 
are making a career over there. Obviously, they're, all of their series are, are big over there. So I wouldn't mind getting into, say, an IMSA series, even a NASCAR or running around in the sprint car over there. So I'd just be happy to, to drive a car for a living. And yeah. Oh, very good. I like it. Um, the uh, well, And what about the Porsche, the Porsche program as well? They do such a good job getting guys, giving guys legs up to get overseas and compete in some of these amazing racing categories, amazing racing events. Uh, is that one of the things that lured you to, uh, to Porsche Carrera Cup in that you know that there are progressions that you can make um, anywhere in the world? Um, yeah, I guess that's a, that's a good thing about Porsche is they, they can really lead you anywhere. Unfortunately, with if you go the supercar route, there's only one way to go. But definitely, I just kind of ended up in the Porsche with, with what I was doing with my old team through Formula Ford, and they, they had the Porsche program there as well. So just basically ended, ended up in the Porsche, and I'm very thankful I ended up there. So obviously, Jackson Evans and, and Matt Campbell have made an awesome career out of uh, winning the, the Porsche Michelin Juniors. But yeah, that's a, that's a big dream. If I can end up doing that, I'd be absolutely stoked. So it's just a good pathway with the Porsche Pyramid. Cool, mate. Okay. All right. So when do you head up to, uh, you, you live in Adelaide, you're going to fly over to Winton and then uh, I think the flight from Adelaide is shorter than the drive from Tullamarine up to, uh, up to the old Winton. She's a big day of travel for you. Yeah, we're, 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 uh, because I live up in Gold Coast now. So we're flying out of Brisbane at, at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. And um, a few hours flying and then a three and a half hour drive to Winton. So head over to Old Benella, unload the truck and yeah, get in the nice I, cold weather. When I first met you, you were living in Melbourne. You have just about lived in every city that Australia has. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that's the cool thing about motorsport. You're always on the move. Unfortunately, when, when COVID happened, I had to move back home for two years. But now that it's all settling down, I, I seem to be back on the move and, and living the dream again. <laughs> cool mate all right well we'll be watching on with interest at winton this weekend for the second round of porsche carrera cup uh, you're currently leading and uh we'll see if you can hold off all those hungry charges uh behind you thanks for joining us on park up thanks for having me cheers and we thank max for his time we thank Ange missouris for his time we also thank the great man tim blanchard of course at the top of this show now i've got one more very quick very special guest who I'm going to chuck on now. When when my mate Tony D left the Parked Up podcast franchise, left me high and dry, in the uh, social post, I'd put in there, new co-host, seeking new co-host, apply within. Now, one person, his name's Todd, um, he put a message to, uh, to me privately and said, I'd like to apply to be the co-host. Now, uh, to Todd's credit, he doesn't uh, he doesn't race in race cars um, and doesn't have much of a social profile or he's not a commentator or anything like that. Um, but there were, Todd was one of probably about five or six people who had made suggestions um, or even suggested themselves to do it. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to give Todd a chance to pitch for the job. Let's get one of the fans to come in and... Uh, see if they can convince me that a, uh, a fan can be uh, my co-host for, uh, for the great Parked Up. So here he is. It's Todd, and we'll see if he's got enough to be a Parked Up co-host regular. 
Okay, so I have Todd on the line. Todd, you want to be a parked up co-host. Tell us why did what what's what's your lure? What's the uh, what's the thing? Give me the sell. Give me the sell. Well, there's not much to sell, man. I've listened to yourself and um, Mr. Tony DeBerto. Who? Paul. Who? Oh, sorry, sorry. I I've got the former person who used to be on this podcast. Yes. Um, and look, what you guys do is very, very interesting and big podcaster. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I seen your post. So I thought, why not give it a go? And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we did, uh, we, we're, we're basically looking for a, a new co-host over the last few um, episodes. We've had some uh, subs, some, uh, some co-drivers come in, just uh, testing the waters. We've had John Bow. Uh, we've had Ben Grice, uh, and everyone would have just listened to Tim Blanchard. Um, but, uh, Todd, the thing I found interesting was that we I was sort of asking the social world for a new co-host and I had a lot of response on through the social medias, which was excellent, but quite a few people, just complete randoms like yourself, uh, who had uh, suggested that they should do it. There was a couple of people even saying you should get the fans to come on and uh and be your uh be your parked up co-host so so give me give me the cell um why why do you feel you could do a motorsport podcast look i i'm a couch racer i love anything with four wheels and aren't couch right um aren't the couch racers the best critics and the best ones that know it all and know next to nothing and we we like to have our two cents and that's what we are. And this is why I'm here, mate. Cool. Okay. Very good. All right. Well then um, I guess what uh, I, I'll have to say no, only because um, uh, like I, I need, I in quite honest, honestly, I need someone who's, you know, I've got some standing in the sport and Tony D absolute legend. Like the, uh, the guy is um, he's a, uh, a mere, he's, we are mere mortals compared to him. Um, Especially but in um, your uh, Bathurst, 20, uh, Bathurst 12 hour race, definitely. Yes, that's right. Yeah, no trophies for fifth place. So uh, when I spoke to him earlier in the day, he didn't, uh, he didn't like me uh, saying that. Um, but uh, yeah, but look, I do like the idea of having uh, fan involvement because the fans are a huge part of the sport. Uh, so uh, we we uh, we might get you back on uh, a little later on. So just uh, while we've got you here, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, what's your favourite type of motorsport, and and what got you to fall in love with the game? Look, I've I came from a family that had no interest in motorsport, and it was just something that clicked with me. Loud cars, something that went really fast, and and go from there. Favorite motorsport? It's definitely um, supercars. Growing up with supercars, but in the last say six seven years gt racing has really caught my attention and it's something that supercars used to be in a way is you can see a porsche you can see a lambo you can see a bentley drive down the road and go i can identify that to what you see say going around spa around le mans depending and even at the Bathurst 12 hour it's cars that we recognize and it's kind of out of everyone's reach but we can get a taste of it and that's why GT racing is, is, is so there. And we would have seen it on the weekend that 
it brings great racing, even though it was on just a small field this weekend of cars at 12 hour. Look at look at the attention it bought worldwide. Yes, the uh, the supercars do do that for us for our Bathurst 1000, but we don't get the interest and to bring over European factory drivers to come drive an hour race for 12 hours, it can't get any better than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, hopefully not uh, the, the event can get back to exactly where it was uh, 2020 and before with uh, all the teams and, and more cars, as great as the event was and a, uh, a cool finish again, as that race always does bring. But um, yeah, we just need uh, a few more cars. Um, okay, so, uh, where, so t- tell us, where do you live and uh, what events do you like going to? So I live in Melbourne and I'm a little bit special because I am actually involved in motorsport media. So I get a little bird's eye view into a little bit more than just your average punter. Um, so I go for anything from drag racing to drifting to um, professional time attack to uh, club sprint days. I do a whole heap of stuff. So I get my fixes through the lens as, um, as you do yourself there, Grant. And and that's my drug and I absolutely love it. So yeah, I go to anything and everything that I can get my hands onto and can get the old media pass and scoot through the back door and, and yeah, and help people improve their driving and, and get better at what they do. I'd say it's a cheap drug, but I tell you, it's damn expensive to buy all that camera gear and uh, get yourself from, uh, from around all different parts of this country. A hundred percent. And, um, my camera case is mostly worth a small deposit on a decent sized house in Melbourne. <laughs> but in saying that, I've got to meet some really great people. I've got to meet Nathan Prendergast. I've got to meet um, 1320 Video, which is out of America. I've got to meet the Hoonigans. I've got to meet a lot of really cool people because of my passion for motorsport and then picking up a little bit of uh, videography and just absolutely running with it and, and, and enjoying it. Awesome. Well, and now you've got to talk to Grant Rowley. So your career is only going downhill from here. No, I was just, I was just being a realist. Um, okay. So, and, and what event are we going to see you at next? When can you come and uh, uh, introduce yourself to me so we can, uh, so I can have a look inside your camera case and you can probably show me all the cool toys that you've got and uh, maybe you can start working for me. Ooh, uh, depending when I can get out to an event, but I will be at the Top Fuel uh, Drag Mini at Heathcote, Heathcote. Yep. doing the um, onboards there. And then for circuit racing, I'm mostly looking to get to Bathurst Challenge in November is mostly be my next event that I'll be doing on Tin Tops. Right. Well, there's every chance that I'll be at that event because I think I go to just about all of them, although I didn't go to the... Uh, I didn't go to the 12 hour race. I I'd, I'd, uh, had that one off, but uh, thoroughly enjoyed um, watching f- from the couch. Um, okay. Look, uh, last question for you. Who's the uh, motorsport hero? Who's the one that you, uh, the, the driver or the, the personality in the sport that you absolutely love? Look, um, that's a million dollar question. And as you can tell by the twang, it's the old uh, Kiwi um, twang that's coming out, and I would have to say Murphy. Craig Murphy, legend. That it is. Unfortunately, Mr. Murphy um, was the man that was around when I was growing up with Craig Bounds, and, um, yeah, everything he did in 
yeah, just absolutely all of them. But I do have to say Mark Scaife, with his personality and the way that he went about his business, was was very entertaining to watch as well, especially at Eastern Creek. Don't know why. <laughs> Is uh, that when Russell Ingle was driving a car towards him that you thought, I feel sorry for this oh, guy? Was there Russell Ingle driving? Oh, I don't quite remember that part, but <laughs> sure. It was that when something hit him in the back and he needed to stop and get out and just check the air temperature with his finger? Uh, some, yes, some, something like that. Something like that. It uh, it certainly created some uh, some cool headlines for the sport. Maybe not the headlines that the sport really wanted. Um, okay, Todd, thank you so much for uh, for coming on Parked Up. Really great to talk to uh, someone who um, has certainly listened to us and engages with us on their on our socials. We uh, we certainly appreciate it and and really hope to see you at the uh, at the track. Please don't be uh, afraid to come up and introduce yourself. Will do. Thank you very much for your time, Grant, and um, keep on podcasting away. And that's cool. Thank you, Todd, for your time. Todd, as I'd said, I don't know if we can do something full time, but he uh, he obviously absolutely loves his sport. And as it turned out, after we uh, turned that off, he did uh, remind me that we had met before. Uh, and he is an absolute wizard with uh, making videos and uh, in particular GoPro. So uh, nice to build the, uh, nice to um, uh, put names and faces to the, uh, the jobs that he does. So uh, that was, uh, that was cool to, to chat to him. So yeah, I had four guests on today and it's kind of odd that I don't have anyone to uh, sit across a desk or sit across a, a zoom call to uh, wrap this show up so i'll get out of everyone's hair straight away but uh, we'll be back next week um to uh, recap what is a uh, huge little period in motorsport of course winton this weekend mark fogarty with parked up plus will wrap that all up on monday 5 p.m so please tune into that uh, we've got the indy 500 coming up on the same weekend as Sydney Motorsport Park's uh, next round of the Speed Series. Of course, that's on Stan Sport, and it's part of the Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championships. It's a uh, very, very busy little period in Australian and international motorsport. Parked up's here to uh, colour in between the, uh, between the races. So thanks for tuning in. Sign up to all of our social medias. Make sure you uh, subscribe and uh, listen in. We appreciate all of your listenership. And uh, that's it from me now. Until next week. You've just listened to another Network R production. 